Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home? Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact The Grand Group by emailing thegrandgrandgroup at edinarealty.com or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with Edina Realty, three-time Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, Hoags joins David and Dan in studio to discuss the Twins 2022 opener. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win. My name is David Kufis, and with me as always is Dan Thompson. And as a very special treat, folks, for the season preview for these 2022 Twins, Andrew Hoags Hoganson has joined us. Hoags, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Very, very, very happy to be here. Um, I'm excited to be talking about baseball again. Honestly, if you'd have asked me a couple weeks ago if we were going to be doing this, I wouldn't have guessed in April. I would have guessed a lot later, if any at all. So Again, I feel like we keep coming up with surprises out of this CBA. Like There was the schedule thing. There was the bases, the second base getting moved. I mean, my gosh. <laughs> the base is being <laughs> seven feet wide now, too, apparently. It's incredible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You can actually buck can actually leap from first to second it's pretty great no running necessary so dan oh, is actually not in spokane currently dan, dan, is in, dan you are you are pretty rarely in spokane it seems but you're always recording in a closet you always manage it, to find yourself in a closet you know it's the best soundproof space but i am literally like at the farthest corner of this house we're in southern utah and we've been exploring national parks it's been great well let's jump in here boys let's uh let's start with a little bit of roster construction news honestly not much to report per our last episode everything's about the same i'd say the biggest note i would think is duran making the roster any thoughts on that boys i mean duran duran is all i can think of i can think of the 80s band i don't know hoax like do you am i the old man here who even remembers who they are no i think of it right away but i don't know how i feel about this like i'm, I'm excited that he's up but i'm concerned that he has to be up if that makes any sense like there's the, mm-hmm. the barrel is just not very full in that bullpen and he's looked great in spring training i mean for whatever we want to count that as it being worth but i don't know it, it's a tough call when you're already going to these rookies right away and relying on them as much as wins are. Yeah, I'd say the only thing that I'm happy about as far as him moving to that relief role is that they're making that decision early. Like, they're not going to hang on to these guys trying to make them starters because how many times have we seen them just hang on just a bit too long, but then they we see those guys have success once they move to the bullpen. You can think off just off the bat, literally, Duffy, Perkins, you know, who else do you have? Nathan was a starter when he first started with the Twins way back when. Well, Johan Santana going to the bullpen was a brilliant idea, and we all know how well <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, and I, we're still kind of waiting to hear on whether Josh Winder makes the team as a, as a long relief guy. I think in a normal situation where rosters weren't so expanded, I don't think that we would see these kind of situations. So in some sense, you know, I wonder if Duran would be on this team if the roster were at the normal 26 as opposed to the 28. I think Gleeman made this point in a recent article kind of specifically about Winder and Duran that they might kind of have this tag team starter business for the first couple months or first month or so where Gray pitches four and then Winder's coming in for two. I I could see Duran in that role too where you're still viewing him as a bullpen guy, but it's more like, hey, you're pitching this day. I really like the comparison to Dobnik where last year he was supposed to be a long relief guy, but he would go eight days without making a long relief and then the Twins would need a starter and he was just (laughs) in no man's land. I think they learned from that last year that they're going to try to plan out these younger guys a little bit more so it's more, you, you follow this guy on this date. I think you have to combo starters just a little bit more 
or I think that that is just wise, especially with arms getting ramped up so quickly. You know, I, I know that Chris Archer was throwing in his backyard or something like that for a long time. It, even him, too. Can you can you pair him? Can you have kind of some duos here at the early of the season just to kind of get guys stretched out? Yeah, so it is interesting, though, that Winder is probably the last question mark on the roster, whether he's going to be on the team or not to start the season. Because right now, the way that it's drawn up, it seems as though Sanchez and Gordon, I would say, are probably on the bench. Um, Sanchez might, I don't know. It kind of, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do with Sanchez, whether he'll start at DH or whether he'll start on the bench and be a pinch hitter. But really, the question is between Rooker, Garlic, and Winder, and there's only two of those guys who are going to be able to start the season on the team. <laughs> I don't really think there's much more to it than that. I, the Sanchez stuff is kind of interesting to me a little bit because at first we all were kind of going down the line. Oh, he's going to be the DH. He's going to DH more often than not. He's not a great defensive catcher, but he can hit when he's when he's hitting. With only having two catchers on the roster, they, that's a bench catcher. You can't have them as your DH. So it, it was an interesting move. I mean, how important is catching? really in baseball why not value that catching position maybe this is a discussion for longer down the road but I I do wish they were going with lefty righty and I wish they'd keep Sanchez and maybe as a catcher you got to be able to play first base too or something like that like come on how hard can it be if you can catch a ball going 95 miles an hour at you surely you can stand on first base and catch a baseball well and didn't we learn that the righty righty didn't work with uh, Jeffers and Garver it just I don't know It, it does seem bizarre but let me pose a question to you both here would you rather have Sanchez on this roster or Ben Rortvet? Rortvet had some sweet pipes. Like that was impressive. No one's that no one one's... home run against the White Sox was fantastic. Amazing. Do you remember that? <laughs> David oh, did man. make a point where he said, "Well, we we had it. We traded a lefty from last year." I'm like, hey, he stood in the left side of the batter's box. I'm not entirely sure he batted there, though. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. But so I. But to that to that end, I do think that Sanchez being on this roster is is a better team move than Rortvet, even if the the lefty lefty righty righty thing isn't so good. David, doesn't this make you miss Joe Mauer behind the plate just a little bit as a lefty? <laughs> Here's the deal. They Boys, had we, that figured we, out. We don't have time to talk about Joe Mauer in this episode. We you have always a lot say to that cover. every time I bring Joe Mauer up. You don't want to talk about him. Like it's, there's it's, some special segment that we've got down the road. Eventually, you gonna... have to. I have a spreadsheet full of data to prove to you why he was an incredible catcher. And in his prime, there was no one better. But Here's the thing, Hoags. When you and I are doing an episode, we will talk about Joe Maurer and David won't be able to say anything that sounds against awesome. us because it will be off gallivanting somewhere else. Just 30 minutes of Joe Maurer. Just We won't even it's talk about the game. <laughs> okay, boys. So I think as far as roster discussion, I just want to go through the roster. If you're just listening and this is the first thing you've heard about baseball this year for your Minnesota Twins, I'm just going to run you through the roster currently. So starting lineup, this probably isn't what it, exactly it'll look like, but this was my my best attempt. So we have Buxton leading off in center, Polanco at second, Correa at shortstop, Arise DHing, Kirilov in left, Sano at first, Kepler in right, Urshela at third, and Jeffers catching. Any critiques from the peanut gallery? I think it's fine, but I don't know. I, I maybe quibble about a little bit of the order. I don't think Arise will bat fourth. That was the first thing that stood out to me. But yeah, I, I mean, it, it's such it's kind of a weird lineup to pick because you go traditional, so you put Arise at the beginning, but you want Buxton to get as many at bats as he can possibly get. I mean, they're all of our great players are kind of your prototypical two three players. So you, I mean, yeah. you can't put mm-hmm. them all there. So I, it's a good problem to have, though. Well, and, and part of this was when I filled it out, I think I had 
Sanchez DHing, so that may make a little bit more sense with him in the four spot. And then I decided to flip it because I'd rather have Arise in the lineup, I think. I think so too. I keep seeing, we talked about this last week, how Arise seems to be forgotten on this team. He's going to play a lot. He's going to have a lot of at-bats. And honestly, if if we can get a guy who's hitting 300-something, batting in fourth behind those guys, so many times he puts a bat on a ball and hits it where the other guys aren't. And if he's going to have guys on base in front of him, I love that. And it is weird too. We always talk about Arias like, well, where is he going to play? Where is he going to play? Last year, we did the exact same thing. And all it took was, what, the seventh inning of game one? And he's like, well, he's playing third base. That's where he's going to play. Anyway, on the bench, like we said, it'll be Sanchez and Gordon, certainly. uh, And then probably either Rooker or Garlic, maybe both, depending what they decide on as far as uh, the pitchers are concerned. So then the rotation we have. Well, this was hard, too, as I'm filling in the rotation, because Gray is definitely our top line starter but he's not stretched out enough. So I just put down the names in the way that I think they're going to do as far as opening the season. So it's going to go Ryan, Bundy, Archer, Gray, and Ober. Confidence level boys going into the season with that as our starting rotation. None. Like, none at all. (laughs) I I guess we'll get to this later when we do the season projections, but Mm -hmm. we had a bad starting five last year. This is worse. It just is worse. And Mm -hmm. and I think we all feel kind of warm and fuzzy because a month and a half ago, it was infinitely worse than this, (laughs) but it's still, it's not good it, it it really isn't like i think gray can be good i think ryan can be good i think ober can be good and i'm hoping archer can be good but i said think or hoping on every single one of those and that's just a scary place to be i mean we lost basically lost maeda we lost barrios and we replaced them with bundy and pineda great yeah and pineda too i i don't feel good about it i think they did everything that they could post lockout but i really wanted a frankie montes or Manaya. well i think what's interesting about this is that we are seeing i think a little bit of baldelli's influence in the sense that this is kind of how the rays did things right where the rays would would grow pitchers and even the indians right sorry the guardians now they would grow starting pitchers they would hope to hit on a year when they had their young starting pitchers under cheap contracts and then those pitchers would go elsewhere and i think you know, we see Archer in this kind of marriage with Baldelli because they, they knew each other in Tampa. I think that's what it's going to take this year for the Twins to do well is they need the young guys to step in and be great, really, by the end of the season. Even adequate, though, because I think so much of this lineup is going to be driven by the offense, clearly. Because if, if the offense is, doesn't produce this season, it's a lost season out of the gate. But we talked about that. I mean, we've seen that before where you just, when you don't have good pitching... In some sense, it doesn't matter how many runs you can score if you're always kind of having to force and press and get those extra runs. When you're when you're playing eight, nine games, as in the score, eight to nine or nine to eight, I mean, I just think that's a lot of pressure on these pitchers when you just don't have anybody seemingly yet, like even a, a Jose Barrios. And last year, we were second to last in the American League in pitching ERA. If you ask me if I think that's going to be better this year, I don't feel super confident about that. And we said the same thing last year. Well, we'll just outscore them every time. Well, we got last <laughs> last year, and we had a Yeah, exactly. We had a pretty decent offense too. I mean, I think our offense did get better. I think it'd be hard to argue that. And and it's not. I'm not trying to just poop on the parade here because Ryan and Ober could be great. Gray could just keep maintaining, and 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 Archer could kind of have a turnaround season. I don't think any of that is impossible. But I, I feel like I was too overly optimistic last year, and it looks about the same. Maybe a little bit more 
potential. I mean, I, I feel better about having Gray and Archer than Schumacher and Jay Happ, which is weird to say because it's not like it's <laughs> hey, a huge improvement, hey, but careful. I do feel better. Hey, Innings eater Jay Hulk, Happ. you got to be careful right when you insult Jay Happ. With He's pretty special. He got <laughs> traded to a playoff team last year at the deadline. Like somebody wanted Jay Happ really Did he badly. get signed? I forget. I keep forgetting. You know, it's not important uh, where players get signed. He asked in 2016 to keep it monosyllabic. So when we move to the relievers, it's interesting because there's definitely a split between sort of known commodities and then we'll see. It's just kind of a, a shoulder shrug. So we have Rogers, Thielbar, Coulomb, who I guess is more of a we'll see than, than a for sure. Then Joe Smith, Duffy, Alcala. And now it gets even more confusing. You have Cotton, Duran, Jax, Romero, and Winder. Oh, I don't have much to say about the relievers. It's such a, it's an interesting group of guys because Thielbar had a great year last year by all accounts. Will he have another good year this year, even though he's older and maybe that was just a flash in the pan? Will Rogers come back and we'll see his all-star form? Will Alcala kind of bounce around? It, it's there's a lot of unknowns here, like you said, David. I I don't I don't know. Feels like a waiting situation with relievers. I look at Griffin Jackson. I say he's not the man. You know, like I I look at the bottom of that and I think Griffin Jackson wouldn't be on this team if there was expanded rosters. You know, he's the guy you call up when you need a fifth starter occasionally in the season. But he didn't he didn't show much last season that said yeah he's got potential in the way that Ryan and Ober do. Yeah, I I think certainly we'll have to see. But I got to think if the Twins are good or adequate come the trade deadline, I'm assuming they're going to trade for a rotation guy and a reliever guy. I mean, unless unless there's big breakouts among these relievers who we've listed. I think that's the biggest reason why they haven't made a trade with the A's for their starting pitchers because they're the A's are waiting for that and the Twins are waiting for that too. Like if, if they're competitive at the deadline, this team is going to be very, very active. You have to believe that just with the guys that they currently have on their roster. Totally. And that fits again with what this team likes to do. They want to see what they got until July. And then if they got something, then they can then they can act. And if they don't got something, they can trade guys and then continue to collect assets. Real quick. Let's just touch on the schedule. Here's what I've been saying. I think that if the Twins can get through April and they have a 500 or better record, I think they're going to be fun to watch the whole season. Because the first month of the season, they see the Mariners, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Royals, the White Sox, and then the Tigers. Now, granted, you have the Royal Series and the Tigers Series. The Tigers are looking to be more formidable than we probably thought at the beginning of this offseason. And then the Royals are probably going to be bad. But those other teams, none of those teams are going to be easy victories that we can write off. And that's different than last year when I feel like they had a pretty easy early schedule and they still kind of flubbed their way through it. I think that's exciting, too, because I, I agree with that because they have so many young pitchers that if they're looking good, good at the beginning of the year that builds up confidence and I, I know David I know you hate the whole confidence thing and momentum and he's a clubhouse guy but honestly <laughs> for those young guys I think it's a it's a huge deal if you kind of get those wins underneath your belt and then you just go out there and you have less pressure and you can fire it home and see what happens well think of all the championship culture that they're building there that Car Carlos Correa was bringing in yeah who's planning team. to retire as a twin certainly yeah, I'm sure I look forward to that well can we hang his number will it be number four David is that the number that he's gonna aware okay like just let's do a quick <laughs> hypothetical twins win the world series this year okay and carlos correa is like one of the big reasons why the twins win the world series how do minnesota like and then he leaves <laughs> Like, like because he that, built that, the championship culture, and then he's like, <laughs> he's <gone>. done. 
I mean, I, do we have mercenaries in Minnesota sports culture that, before? That's what it seems. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's like we're going to pay them care? the most. Like, do you no, care? No, not at that, all. That's the great thing about it. And I know you guys talked about this a little bit on the last episode, so I don't want to hammer it home too much. But I know you asked, like, was that condescending? I still don't think it was because I don't want you don't want the guy to come up and be like, yeah, I'm playing one year. I'm going to hit 350, 40 home runs, and then I'm going to go sign, <laughs> like David said, a $350 million, 80-year contract. But we all know that's what he's going to do. But you don't have yeah. to say it. Like, you can no. <laughs> it, it does seem like, I mean, would this would this be a Brett Favre comparison? Like, if, if the Vikings had won that Super Bowl, would that be kind of the mercenary role? Like, you bring in Carlos Correa to win you a Super Bowl? So, real quick, to our listeners, I don't know if they're aware, Hoags is a Packer Do you really want to let them? Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know that, Hoags. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's not even talk about Brett Favre. That's still a sore, sore spot. We don't talk about Brett Favre on the, on the podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Like my Bruno reference. There. Yes, that's great. That was yes. good. That was good. Okay. Anyway, anyway, getting back to the schedule here. So then May becomes quite a bit easier. Uh, there's, there are a couple of, of harder spots, but they go in May. They go the Rays, the Orioles, the A's, the Astros, the Guardians, the A's again, the Royals, the Tigers, and the Royals. So that's what I'm saying. You get through April. Yeah, you have to see the Rays and you got to see the Astros. But other than that, you need to rake come May. I think that's that's a perfectly for where they're at with getting the like the newer guys like Gray and Archer ramped up. That that's that sounds like good timing to me. Yeah, if they can make their way 500 through April, I'll actually feel pretty good about this team. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think that's really the key. We're going to talk about a lot of this in our predictions here. So I feel like we should head into the predictions, run through these, and 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 see what we think. So we have our sort of different categories, and we're each going to give our responses. So we have our, our player stats. We're going to run through them, and I'm sure I'm sure we'll each have very similar very similar predictions. I I'm I'm confident in that. So David, the first category we have here in our predictions, we have we have eight predictions. Most home runs. I read an article about a certain player that gives me hope that he didn't get his foot run over. He didn't, <laughs> oh, you know, no. he didn't miss a flight. I think Miguel Sano is going to lead the twins and he's going to hit 41 home runs this year. <laughs> this is the year. Why are you laughing at me? I don't know. I don't know if it's funnier that you think that Sano is going to lead the team or that he's going to hit 41. <laughs> it's one of those two. But is hear funnier. me out. Because, because that's how it will happen. If he's going to lead this team, it's going to be a big number. It's going to be a big number because I think they're yes, going to hit a good That's how the word most runs. works, dude. I thought you were an English teacher. <laughs> All right. You guys go ahead. What do you Say more. Explain to me your criticism. Okay. First of all, he's got to stay healthy for the whole season. Which he will. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. You have to hope that Kirilov doesn't start taking his starts at first base when he's hitting Which 190. He won't. <laughs> he won't be. That's, the, that's going to be the difference. He's not going to hit 190 right away. Okay. So one positive I will say about Miguel Sano, though, he lost like... 25 pounds before coming to camp exactly. and he does he looks good however yes. they however, say that bef- about him every <laughs> single not, training camp he's like always the best years. shape of his life guy coming in <laughs> every but time that's when he steps on a nail in his chicken coop like I, I, that's the difference i honestly thought i had this thought a couple days ago i was like man i'm honestly surprised that i haven't heard someone say sano's in the best shape of his life later that day the article came out that said he lost like 25 that's pounds. what i'm like, basing this on Gleamer, but a great glowing article maybe it was Dan Hayes. 
glowing about, but he he's only because, eating fish because, now. He's eating oh. nothing but chicken wings towards the end of last season. So he's, come way in at the start of spring training, he always looks like he lost a lot of weight. He, was it a pescatarian that you only eat fish? I can't remember if yes, it's that's only right. or yeah, the not. That's what it was. Yes, this is what's going to happen. He he's committed. Eating pork and chicken and started eating fish. So there you exactly. Go. So so I am confident in Miguel Sano this year. Although okay, so I want to make fun of you, Dan. But I was going to pick Sano. I changed mine at the last minute to Buxton with 35, but it was coming down to Sano. It was either Sano with like 34 or Buxton with 35. So I've, I've got no hate towards that pick. With, because he crushed them when he did. He looked so good. Remember those home runs? David, do you remember when he hit that home run against the Indians, that grand I slam? Do, I do. I am not saying that Miguel Sano doesn't show up for big, big moments. He either hits a home run or he swings it outside sliders. And but he doesn't do out. that as much anymore. He's turned the Tory Hunter since corner. When? Since when since, does he not do that anymore? It's better. It's just better. I don't have any data to back this up, but I have anecdotal memories. Well, and I don't t- remember him doing that. Since he started the spring training in the best shape of his life. <laughs> Although, didn't, exactly. hasn't he struck out like 15 out of 20 times or something? It's like not that? important how many times he strikes out. He's going to hit home oh. runs every other time. So, That's what I'm hoping for. Okay. Oh, so you've both given your answers. I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go with Sanchez, actually. And I have a more conservative estimate as far as the number of home Home runs going with 27 will lead the team in home runs i don't believe that at all what are you talking about so, sanchez is not going to lead this team with home runs and it's not going to be 27 <laughs> are you going to defend you, your answer with clearly, any information you've clearly refuted my answer <laughs> no no it's not going to be sanchez and it's not going to be 27 like i, 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 I don't know much but i know both but, of those things are wrong <laughs> But explain why you say that. <laughs> because I think he's going to end up DHing quite a bit throughout the season, and I think he's going to be able to get into the game when he's going to mash lefties. That's what I think is going to happen. I was just going to say, I love how at the beginning of this, we talked about how Sanchez probably is going to be on the bench because he's not going to DH because <laughs> we only have two catchers. And then No, I I truly I truly think that as the season progresses, he's going to find himself in that DH role more often than not. I do like the away from the Yankee effect. Like, I think that is a real thing, especially considering how much hype he had. I mean, he was insanely good his first couple of years. So there's for sure the potential there. All right. The next category we have is batting average. And I think perhaps there will be more agreement here. I think it's Luis Arise. I think he's going to bat 310. I think he's going to be consistent. He's going to bat more than Sanchez. And so I I love that. I love Luis Arise in this lineup. And I think he is going to be a career 300 hitter. Well, I hate to like make it really, really non-exciting because I have a rise leading batting average at 308. So we're 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 just barely apart, Dan. It's going to be hard to quibble over that 0.002, I think on the batting yeah. average. Hogs, well, are you going to mix it up? I, a little bit. I'm a little farther away, but I picked a rise at 315. <laughs> I, I don't honestly, I don't know how you can pick anyone else. I, that he's the most consistent hitter. If he's doing well, the Twins are going to be doing well. Definitely agreed here. Well, let's let's keep moving then, so we can argue about something else. So then we have on base percentage. Dan, where you at? Well, first of all, David, I don't know how to pick these numbers. These are very difficult numbers to pin. I, I was trying to look at historical stats. I picked Carlos Correa with 360, but I could have easily picked a guy like Byron Buxton. But I think because Correa. Shouldn't he be leading the team with OBP, given the contract they gave him? That's a weird way to phrase that, because does that mean like, he, well, we're paying him the most, so he needs to lead in every statistical well, I, category, I just think, or was it worth he, it? But he should, right? Like, we, I mean, I was go, I don't know how to pick this category otherwise. Well, it's on base percentage, so it's the guy you think is going to get on base the most in. <laughs> All right, you who did you pick? Who did you pick? I took a rise for on base percentage as well at 380. I think that he's going to have another good season where he's taking a ton of walks and he's going to get a bunch of slaps. Singles. 
I picked Arise as well at 375. This one was a little more difficult for me. I debated between Buxton and Correa just because you're thinking maybe a few more walks because guys try to pitch them around them a little bit. But I, I think the three of them will be right around that 375 mark. I do want to say that about Buxton, that's one of the things that makes him such a threat that guys don't want to walk him because you don't want to deal with him on the base paths. So you're going to pitch to him. So it's one of those things as an opposing pitcher, that's got to hurt when you're on the mound and you know you don't want to walk a guy. But at the same time, he can just as well punish you with a home run. Well, and he gets gets those slap infield singles that are basically walks. I mean, they should be outs, but he gets hits. I mean, it's almost, I feel like some of those you put into that walk category. So even if he doesn't walk as much as normal guy would, his OBP is still going to be very high if he's hitting well. Well, so that moves into actually OPS, which is on base plus slugging for those of you who don't know all of these acronyms and such. So I picked Buxton at 905 for all the reasons that you're saying. I just think he's going to be on base a lot. He's a he's an, an annoying gnat to the other team. Yeah, I'm so I, I'd love to contradict you, Dan, but I can't. I have Buxton at, at .916. So again, we're in the same ballpark. Hogs, you got something different? Buxton at 900. <laughs> <laughs> so I was. I almost put Correa here. Did either of you toy with that as well? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Riveting podcast. <laughs> well, I was leaving space for Hogs to explain. <laughs> It got me too much. I didn't. I I did put Correa there just because he does have that power, but Buxton's power when he's on is out of this world. I mean, you look at his stats through, what was it, 61 games last year, and it's the beginning of the year, so you got to be optimistic that he's going to be playing a lot. It, it was hard to put anyone else above him. I can expand a little bit. So I think, I think the fact that Correa is not as fast as Buxton matters here because Buxton will stretch those singles into doubles and doubles into triples. And that really, over the course of the season, really adds up. Yeah. Well, I love, I think it was Dave St. Peter who said when, when Buxton has a ground out to the shortstop, he's thinking two. <laughs> like, right, right, exactly. It's like, what, what is happening here? Oh, go ahead, Hooks. He makes fielders rush plays, too. So those aren't necessarily going to be airs, but he's still going to get on two with, with that same idea. Let's move into pitching now. So we have ERA for starter and ERA for reliever. I don't want to go first here. I feel like I've, I'm not... But it's interesting. Hogs, how about you start? What about ERA for a starter? This one was hard for me because I really want to be on the Ryan train. He looked so good last year, apart from those, I think it was his last two starts. He ended up giving up a few runs, but he, he looked great. Him getting named opening day starter is exciting, but I, I went with Sonny Gray. I, I just feel like he's the proven commodity. He's clearly our ace. Although I wasn't super optimistic with my ERA, I went with 4.00 because I, I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in this rotation, but I would be very happy if he did get that. So I went with Gray also uh 3.85 i was a little bit more optimistic hoax i thought the same way about ryan like it is an exciting opportunity granted the only real reason he's getting that opening day nod is because he's the most stretched out among all of the possible starters but like beyond that he does seem more ready and i think people don't understand sometimes that like he didn't spend a whole bunch of time in the minors because he pitched through college and then he pitched for team usa in the olympics so it's not like he's he's not coming in as a guy who like well he didn't spend enough time in the minors he just took a different path to the major league level I went with Joe Ryan with this one here. So I went with a 3.73 ERA, you know, much Oof. for the reasons, hoax that you talked about. Well, because again, if this team is going to be good and we got to dream, dream big, then I think that's the kind of ERA they're going to need. And even then, I, I have my doubts, but I, I think he's capable of that. I do worry about kind of a second year slump as hitters get a little bit more used to him. They're able to study film on him a little bit more, but I do like him to make some improvement here in the second year. And if Wes Johnson can help him get through 
those early starts and make and help him make adjustments. I, as much as anything, I think this relates to Wes Johnson. Can, can Wes Johnson help these young pitchers really make the adjustments and be better in the second year? Or is Wes Johnson an, a college coach who can't quite make the the change to the majors? Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely does. I, I think it's a I think it's a big year for him too with all of these young guys. Coaching is huge. It's kind of why I feel like Molitor almost lost his job because he had a lot of the young guys and there wasn't that improvement. This is the year. I mean, this really is the year for Johnson. All right, so let's look at relievers then too as far as the ERA and such so we had who do you think is going to lead the team in ERA as far as relievers how about we start with you David yeah so I went with Duffy I think that he has shown how good he can be and I truly think that this is a great opportunity for him to come out of the gate he's going to get a lot of opportunities in high leverage situations I have him as an ERA of 2.75 which I think is optimistic but it's not it's not crazy compared to where his numbers have been previously honestly I think picking him to be the best reliever this season for an ERA isn't crazy the number is is maybe a bit optimistic, certainly. What do you think, Hoax? I was torn between Duffy, but I think last year his numbers weren't as great as they had been in years past, so that turned me Correct. off to him a little bit, even though he still had a very good year. I went with Rodgers. I, I just think he's the stalwart at the end. The one thing that gave me a little bit of concern is I feel like Baldelli actually is going to use him more like a closer this year, just because there isn't, outside of Duffy, there isn't really that guy on our staff. So I put his ERA up a little bit. I went with 3.5, which I think I'm being... A a little pessimistic honestly but i i think he's gonna have a really good year i don't disagree with that number i do wonder i hope rogers isn't leading the bullpen in here right with a 3.5 yeah i'm gonna go with caleb Thielbar on this i i went with the with the pie number 3.14 i just think he's more on the rise as far as the relievers go and i think it's going to be somebody like that who has a career season that we didn't expect i think that's a solid pick he looked so good last year and and kind of under the radar a little bit all right well let's look now we got kind of so we have season mvp and season lvp to come here this is fun um so i i'll say what i've been saying every season it seems like and that's going to be byron buxton i think byron buxton is why okay i thought about sano given my home run numbers that i picked earlier (laughs) you put sano as an mvp i would have asked home runs fill in how can he not be the mvp what are you talking about over there kubis ridiculing me under your breath <laughs> i think it's going to be bucks and he's going to hit 290 uh 340 and 905 which is the number i had for ops i just think how can i not predict that he's going to be the mvp because i think he's going to be the player we all want him to be i almost went with bucks for those very reasons because i had him picked for my ops and i had him for my most home runs and on uh, if he does that and he plays like he does in the field he's going to be the mvp but i didn't want to put all my eggs in one basket so that is literally the only reason i picked correa because i wanted to kind of hedge my bets a little bit so I, i'll piggyback on hoax here i went with correa also and this was interesting because i didn't have him leading any other statistical category but i think he's going to have a very solid year and he's going to play a big part in the success of this team so i had him batting 268 352 and 830 with 20 home runs and 75 rbis that's not enough I, I just like that can't be enough for the team he didn't you didn't pick him to lead basically in any of those categories how can he be the mvp especially if sano's hitting 41 home runs there's no way to <laughs> give it to correa exactly. over it. you're, you're exactly. right okay here let me amend my statement correa will not be will not be the team mvp if miguel sano hits 41 home runs thank you thank you <laughs> All right. What about LVP? What about LVP here? Which, for those of you who are unaware, <laughs> least valuable player. Well, how about you go ahead, David? Because you already—I yeah. see what you wrote here. <laughs> what, what are those numbers, Mike? So here, uh, so I have Sano as my least valuable player, and so my, the slashes here. I have two thirty. 
285 and 690 for Sano with 10 home runs and 30 okay. RBIs. So hold on. So we are 31 home runs apart on our predictions for Miguel <laughs> yes, Sano. Honestly, if I, I'm almost certainly going to be closer than you are. <laughs> How many, Pokes, how, many games, how many games is Sano playing in that scenario? <laughs> maybe well, for not, me, it's maybe for me, 90. it's like 145. What? <laughs> 42 and 41 home runs. <laughs> There's just no way. All right. Hoags, what about you? Who's going to be the LVP here? I picked Bundy, but really I wanted to go with the Minnesota Twins starting rotation. <laughs> <laughs> just the entirety of the rotation. I'm so nervous about it. it. It makes me so nervous. And we pick up a guy who's got like, a, I think it was a 27.36 ERA last year that we think we're going to turn around now. I'm just really nervous about him. And I think they're going to give him a really long leash. <clears throat> Jay Happ and Matt Shoemaker. So I'm, just, I'm, I'm worried about I'm worried about him because I think he's going to get a lot of stuff and I think it's going to be bad. So he's going to play enough innings to prove himself to be unvaluable. Exactly. Right? Like, is, is that what you're saying? P- plus seven ERA with 20 starts. Oof. All right. Well, I, I'm going to go back to a well that I've been plus, before. Seven plus ERA with 20 starts. You just I said, don't oh. like this pitching staff. I don't. Who, who did right. they replace well, him with? I, I, like, who? Well, that's, I mean, okay, so maybe this is too long of a conversation. Why didn't they sign Michael Pineda, right? Michael yeah. Pineda went to the Tigers for a deal. What was the deal? To it's the like one-year $9 million or something. I mean, come on. Like, do they not think, they must not think much of Michael Pineda. That one absolutely blows my mind. I, I don't get it at all. Like, it's such, it's a proven commodity. It's a guy that wanted to be here. I bet he would have taken even less, not, I mean, that doesn't matter anyways when you're talking that low of a salary, but I would Sorry, love we, to have him on the team. Uh, just to clarify, it's a $5.5 million deal, but with $2.5 million in incentives sure well okay so i went with with my lvp i went with max kepler because as we know i have no faith in max kepler you hate that man so much i don't understand okay but they line up what like eight guys on the right side of the field (laughs) and max kepler cannot hit it to the left side and I just think this is the last year without the shift being outlawed or whatever. I'm so mad about that. We'll see. You know, maybe he's hoping to kind of last until the shift can't be. But I think he bats 222, 298, and 695. And he is not the starting right fielder. He's not with the Twins next season. I, I was listening to Corey Provis for a spring training game. And the whole time he was talking about how Max Kepler's just trying to spray the ball a little more, get rid of those yeah. ground balls. And as he's talking, he grounded into the shift. And it was just like... <laughs> Well, yep, there it is. It's kind of like Joe Maurer in double plays. You just knew oh it was coming. Oh, my gosh. We are going to talk about Andrew, I'm so excited. When is it? David's not going to be here. Let's. We're going to record a podcast without you, David. We're going to say, we got it. My Sorry, it's all going to be ready. about Joe Maurer. Okay, folks, the moment of truth, the moment you've all been waiting for. What do we think this season holds for your Minnesota Twins team as a whole? Dan, let's start with you. Regular season finish for these Minnesota Twins. I think they go 80 and 82. I think they miss the playoffs, even with the extra wild card, because I, I just don't see the pitching holding up. I love the lineup, but this lineup won 73 games last year. I just don't see how they get to 90. I think they're going to need to win high 80s to make the playoffs, and I don't see it happening. You know they made a bunch of moves this offseason, right? <laughs> I am aware that they made a bunch You're of like, moves, but team, I just don't these, think... This lineup won 73 games. What this lineup? It's like nine different names here. 
All right, I just don't th- I don't think that they made enough positive changes. I don't think Carlos Correa can pitch, and so I don't <laughs> think that they are going to be able to win enough games cuz they're going to they're going to lose a lot of high-scoring games. They didn't sign him to pitch, I don't think. I'm don't. aware of that. All right, Hogs, what about you and then we'll let David have his optimistic run here. <laughs> I went I went similar to you. I went 81 and 81 and missing the playoff. Like the, like you said, this team went 73 and 89 last year and we downgraded our starting pitching rotation. So I just just don't see how they can possibly maintain that throughout the whole year. I want to be optimistic, but last place last year with the second to worst AL ERA, and in my eyes, it got worse. David, that's on a high note. I am just so disappointed in both of you. My goodness. So I have the Twins going 88 and 74, getting in as a wild card, and they will lose in the divisional series to the Rays. I hope that's true. Tell us more. How do you see that happening, though? Yeah. I think come the deadline, they're going to trade for a new starter and a new reliever, and I think that the young guys are going to step up at least one of them. I think one of them is going to be adequate and, and solidify their position in the rotation. And I think that Archer has a big comeback year. And I think Joe Smith is actually going to have a solid year as well. Hmm, I disagree on both <laughs> accounts. I don't think Archer is going to be much good at all. And I don't think Joe Smith is important. Okay, gut team. reaction. You want Jay Happ or Archer in the rotation right now, Dan? I want Archer because he's fun. And Jay Happ is, you know, I, I want Archer because there's hope. Like, I never had a lot of hope for Jay Happ. Like, nobody was thinking, oh, Jay Happ's going to win a Cy Young. Like, nobody's thinking that now. Though I guess, no, I'd rather have Archer because he's got, you know, those, those stats from 2015 are really great. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> I honestly thought that was like 2019 when I saw that we signed him. I'm like, it wasn't that long ago that he was finishing third. In the- oh, yeah, it was. It was it was a long, long time ago. So, Hogs, but- is my optimism that misplaced? If I were putting on my optimism hat, you had have exactly the path to where that would happen because they if they are good enough at the trade deadline where it looks like they are can contend they need to add another starting pitcher and maybe a reliever and if that does happen I think there is a path to get where you're predicting them but my biggest question though David is does the 0-18 end in the divisional series to the Rays I don't know hurt my heart over here Hoax. here's the thing I didn't even want to talk about it I didn't even want to talk about it to be honest with you like I was just gonna put I was gonna make him go there loss in division series to the Rays and I didn't want to talk about how that loss came about I am gonna say if this team makes the postseason they will win a postseason game and well clearly they would have had to to make it to the division series right because i have them going to the division series and oh, yeah. the race so they would have had to win right. through the wild card i, I forgot so that makes it feel card. better right yeah, yeah. i uh, i would rather they don't make the playoffs than extend the losing streak oh even no more. no that's a terrible pers- hate that you hate don't that. think so then yeah, how much I, bad I baseball do we have David. to watch the I rest can't of the believe season I'm saying that. i have terrible I, take terrible i think that they're going to be on the cusp of the playoffs but i just don't think I just don't think they're good enough, and I don't want to put myself through that heartache anymore, David. Getting myself ready for that Astros series was so hard. It was uh, Jorge Polanco dropping that baseball just haunts me. It still hurts. Well, good thing he doesn't play shortstop anymore. <laughs> oh, thank thank goodness. goodness. That's the biggest thing that I think that our pitching staff can actually get better this year because our defense wildly improved. And I, yes. maybe I think we were last in airs last year. So that that matters. That really does matter. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're like 15th and moving up to fifth, but last matters. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I don't think my prediction is like, I, it's not crazy optimism, right? Like I'm not expecting him to win 100 games, right? And I'm not expecting him to win the division as fun as that would be. Yeah, this division's hard. 
hard to read because the Tigers could be really good. So it's not like we're just going to beat up on the cream puffs at the bottom like you can just expect in years past. I- right now, if you look at the latest poll on The Athletic as far as who's going to win the AL Central, among athletic writers, the White Sox at 84.8% and then the Tigers at 9.1%, followed by our Minnesota Twins at 6.1%. There's always hope, I suppose. Now, hang on. But one of us here in this podcast did put some money on the Twins to win the World Series. That I Who did. Who did that? 50 bucks. Let's go twins. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, I'd win 2,500 bucks if they win the World Series. So granted, I'd be happier about way more important things than that, like them winning the World Series, but not a bad cherry on top. No, and you would take us to dinner. It'd be great. Bruce Chris, let's go. (laughs) I just want to make sure that we have that on record so I can get a free dinner out of it. (laughs) We get a dinner out of it. Can at least be at Manny's or something like that? That would be pretty pretty great. Manny's would be perfect. Yeah. Hoax is familiar at spending money at Manny's. Oh, tell me about it. (laughs) Okay, boys. It's time. This is our last podcast before we'll have actual regular season baseball games to talk about i'm i'm so excited like i know that we we talk about our predictions and who knows we're probably way off on every single one of them i just can't wait to be able to flip on the tv and watch these twins play baseball and it's gonna be is it is it maybe not gonna be thursday you guys were saying is a little bit cold there yeah it seems like it's gonna push to friday because it's supposed to snow on thursday yeah well when does it when does it not snowed in a twins opener yeah who doesn't want to go to a home opener with 30 mile an hour winds and snow (laughs) coming down just remind you and then Correa is going to be like, ah, done. <laughs> Marwin I'm going back to me. Texas. Yeah. Joe Ryan's fastball has a lot of movement on it today, folks. <laughs> I think that's all we have to cover. And just so you folks know, most of this season will be comprised of myself and Mr. Thompson. But Andrew has generously offered to fill in on those off times when Dan or myself are traveling. So you will be hearing his voice from time to time again. Thanks, Hogs, for, for taking the time. And thanks to your wife for uh, letting you sneak away from the kiddos as well. Yeah, thanks for letting me join, guys. Always a pleasure. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to those episodes, Andrew, where we can talk about Joe Maurer freely without uh, without this infiltrator to hear. It'll be so great. Dan, can you send us out? I will. Well, folks, if you like what you hear, please tell a friend. You can follow us on Twitter at Min for the Win. You can find our Min for the Win Facebook page. Make sure you've subscribed to the podcast so that you're notified when new episodes are available. And if you could leave us a rating, that'd be great. A reminder also that episodes are now available on our YouTube channel. If you could drop us a like and subscribe, we'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And as always, go Twins. That'll wrap up another episode of Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Twins! Twins!